I had this problem recently of messing up the intro. Normally we're off screen and it does the big thing and then the music hits and it starts to fade and we come in and it's this cool thing and I keep messing it up. So, hey, non-revs getting the same treatment as, as basketball and football. So what, did Paul go. did Paul set this up? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the beauties of this kind of show is that Paul's not here. So we have to deal with Paul. We get to celebrate the non-revs and all their glory without his negativity, right? God bless him. Yeah. And if you can't tell from the title, this is our 2024 Maryland Terps men's lacrosse preview. We're going to have a really cool guest, Eric Molliver. And he has an interesting history, which we're going to get into him. He was, as a, as a sophomore, right, a starter on that historic team. Even as a freshman, he played, he was in the rotation, and then he, he was injured last year and was expected to be one of the better players on the team, and maybe that's partially why they struggled, right? So um, we'll get into all that with him and, and, and expectations for this season. But uh, I haven't m to met him before, but you have met him many times. Good guy, right? Like Absolutely. One of the, yeah. one of the really cool things about – and we maybe will get a little more into this later – I don't know if it's just I'm more aware of it now. Um, the Maryland lacrosse program, in terms of its family and its alumni, are you know, the players, the families, the alumni are just awesome. And if you ever have a chance to go to a game, even just in College Park, not even a playoff game, but NCAA tournament as well, the families put on these huge tailgates. And the more, the merrier. At first, you're kind of like, you know, really? Can I can I go over there? And then everyone is so welcoming. And one of the cool things about a program like Maryland with its history, you go to this tailgate and there's previous All-Americans there from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, hanging out, just celebrating, you know, just coming together, having fun. So the tailgates are legendary. And, and what I'm maybe a little more aware of now when I started doing this a few years ago, it, I only it only seemed to me like that Maryland and and their fans and families did these huge tailgates. And it seems like now though that the other schools, especially the other Big Ten schools, are starting to copy. I'm pretty sure that like you know Penn State and Ohio State, yeah, they they had gatherings in the parking lots, but now all of a sudden they look like the Maryland families tailgate that they put on. Everything it looks like they're all copying what Maryland's family is doing. So you know, guy, oh, like good Eric, guy like Eric, he's a great guy. But everyone in the program, you know, they, they all just seem like really good people, really nice people. Their families are phenomenal. That makes me want to come out, like because because during the spring, I miss football so much, and I miss the tailgates and that whole culture yeah. and that environment. Oh man, I'm and, come and out. We'll, we'll probably we'll probably talk about Ajax Zapatello. Um, you know, today, but his father, defender, defender, yeah, defenseman wearing the number one jersey. Um, his father brings a huge RV, okay. and uh, and I mean it. It's the epicenter of of the the tailgates. I'm sure people, you know, the IMS people, the the people who post on the boards, they can tell you the people that go to the games. Um, they can tell you how much fun it is. the The championship tailgate in 2022 after the game. There's a tailgate before the game. And there's a tailgate after the game. Right, right. And I mean, 
it, it was it was unreal and you know svp and th- th- they swing by you know so um alex zapatello or do you mean the ajax, the, uh, the ajax? So, yeah i was just gonna try and like spout some knowledge it seemed like i was talking about ajax zapatello the six one senior from portland oregon is that yes. who you're talking about absolutely ajax zapatello now the number one jersey is a big deal yep what is it the history of the number one jersey go ahead well, you know, it really took on more history in in the early 2000s. You know, people have been wearing that jersey number for, you know, however long the program's been around, you know, 100 plus years at this point. But starting around around early 2000s, it seemed that the team captain would always wear that jersey. So there was this kind of, you know, passing of that responsibility. And when Coach Tillman um, you know, joined the program, you know, 13 seasons ago at this point, you know, he really began to lean into that tradition. One of the things that, that, that coach Tillman really did uh, a coach years ago, Dick Adele, an amazing, an amazing lacrosse coach um, who, who led Maryland all through the eighties and, and most of the nineties or mid nineties or so just a phenomenal guy. And he, he was this coach who'd embraced uh, this be the best acronym that I think he actually inherited from a guy named Bud Beermore, who was also a legendary coach in the seventies. And John coach Tillman really took that be the best as a real cultural touch point and started to really organize the whole program around be the best. So kind of everything they do classroom, you know, tailgates, you know, but practice everything is, is in support of this, of this kind of defining, culture about being the best and that was something that coach Tillman inherited but he now chooses who wears that number one jersey so every year around this time there's this kind of waiting game this guessing game and waiting game as to who coach Tillman's going to name and when you look at the people who've worn it you know since 2000 you know it's 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 all timers right just legends i'm looking at the all-time List the system, the list of all time seasons for Maryland lacrosse history. So, in the early 2000s, that was Dave Cottle. Yep, and so it started kind of under him. And he, he well, went again, to- people wore it, but but the, this kind of conscious passing of the of the number one, sort of like if Anthony Cowan, right? If 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 if, if the basketball program had started saying, All right, the guy every year, yeah, is gonna wear Uno, right? yeah, that- well, the. There's a similar thing in soccer with the number 10 jersey. And then the other professional sports in in the United States have similar things with retired jerseys. Absolutely. It's a very similar thing. So no one's ever going to wear eight in Baltimore again for the Orioles. Right. Or maybe after Lamar either. Two two eights. (laughs) But, but, uh, yeah, I think it's very similar, a similar kind of thing to that. That's really cool. But the whole tailgating thing. You're I'm down. doing that. I'm doing that because I love the whole tailgate. You go to the game. The game is cool too, but the tailgating, the whole culture and environment surrounding college football and the pageantry and the history. And so with all everything you're describing, it sounds like a miniaturized version of that, a burgeoning version of that. Let's do it, man. This well, is they, a way to look, supplement. They, they also take it on, they take it on the road as well mm. so you know you'll show up at rutgers or at penn state and, and there it is 
You know, they, they do not mess around. And really one of the coolest things, though, about it, and maybe because it is smaller, maybe because well, it's not football, yeah, that, that it's really a true kind of group gathering. You know, it becomes one big tailgate together where everyone is there together and everyone's going from car to car and talking. And so it's just a fun environment. And the families, the, the players, after the game, the players come. And everyone's just so welcoming. And uh, I know people that have, wondered about that like oh can i just go to the tailgate and then they go to the tailgate and you're like i didn't bring anything and people are like who cares come on in you that's know? that's that's great great and speaking people. of road games that's a perfect segue into this year's schedule yep look at this look at this this brutal that, it is a brutal schedule though larry yeah look at this that they they begin for people just listening i, I just popped the schedule up on the screen they begin at Richmond, which is not an easy game, right? No, nope. well, they're, they, they're they're preseason twentieth in the country. There you go, and then they host Loyola receiving again. votes, receiving votes in, yes. in the preseason poll. Then they go to Syracuse, which Ranked. Syracuse, yeah, one of the legendary. <laughs> then they host Princeton, also a historic program. Then they go to South Bend to play Notre Dame. They host Brown. Is that the easiest one? You know, Brown might be on paper their easiest game, but Brown's one of those kind of funky. They're teams. not bad, right? <laughs> like, no, and, and and Brown Brown's got a, a goalie, um, a, a big kid, big goalie. You know, the people's goalie. You know, they they kind of joke around about it. Okay, it, it, who who is like a theft? Like he can steal games, and Brown plays this really up tempo style that you don't get in a lot of other places. So yeah. Brown can get you sped up and into these crazy you know, 21 to 20 kinds of games. Yeah. And so they always have a puncher's chance because of that. And then the final non-conference game, they're hosting Virginia. That's pre seven. Preseason top, preseason top three. <laughs> yeah. So it wouldn't be weird for them to get out of that four and three or even three and four. Like, yeah, it's a schedule, man. So uh, you're hoping for five and two. I mean, six and well, one would be look, amazing. I mean, I, you know, the expectation, especially you know, at a place like Maryland, is you're going through that undefeated. I mean, like they're not going through that undefeated. Come on, they may not, but they've done it in the past, and that's the thing. You can never count out a John Tillman coached team. Like the 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 up the game up at Syracuse will be kind of interesting. Syracuse had a a very very good freshman recruiting class last year. You know, consensus top, you know, freshman last year, a guy named Joey Spalina. They are loaded on offense. You're up there in the Carrier Dome, which is a great place to watch a game. That game is going to be tough. They were up there during the national championship season, the 2022 season. That game was the third or fourth game of the season, and it felt like a Final Four game. It was physical. It was it was hotly contested. Yeah. You get a great crowds there. Um, so that that's one you look at and you go, wow, on the road up in Syracuse, a little different. Loyola last year. Maryland pummeled, lost to Loyola last pummeled year. Pummeled Maryland yeah. last year. I mean, that Remember game that. was not that game was not close. So that'll be so an tough interesting schedule, tough non-conference. And we'll get into the rest of the schedule. I was going to go through the whole thing, but our guest has joined us. We're going to bring him on right awesome. now. After he, after we talk to Eric Molliver, we'll go through the rest of the schedule. We're going to add him to the show right now. Eric, can you hear us? Yes. How's it going? Thanks Good. for having How are you? We're, we're so happy to have you on board. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, Eric, we, we actually got a little delayed in our own conversation because we were talking about the tailgate before and after Maryland lacrosse games. Oh, it's, it's some serious tailgating. Being from the uh, – the South down in Atlanta. I've seen all the SEC 
Florida, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama tailgates, and it's right up there with those uh, those Southeastern Conference football tailgates. So it's- I, I, I only alluded to the the 2022 national title post game um, tailgate, but that was that was a lot of fun. That was but- that was. One of the highlights of my life so far, for sure. <laughs> Eric, Eric, you were under twenty-one at the time, weren't you? So were, I was. You, you yes, weren't sir. really enjoying it, were you? I was. I was respectfully enjoying it. Okay, he was right. observing, right? You were observing, just watching what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you're coming off an injury. You lost your entire season last year. How's the recovery from that going? Um, it's been great. Uh, we have the best trainers, the best staff, um, supporting staff around. They've been so great to me the last 15 months now. I can't believe it's been already 15 months. Um, I feel really good. Um, I, I don't even think about my knee really much anymore on the field. Um, still getting my PTs in and, um, but I'm feeling really good and I'm looking forward to, um, playing again. It's been a long time. What do you think is different about you now? pre-injury to post-injury like yes you're older right but having gone through that that experience what's different about you I mean like I you know I I think even physically now there's probably the the amount of intense rehab you did probably also changed you so before and after what's what are you like yeah so I'd say you know on the field I mean I definitely feel a lot stronger in my cuts and my legs um, you know, all that rehab, you're working on plyometrics and um, strengthening and speed. So I really feel good um, and stronger in my legs um, and confident. Um, you know, when you're sitting there for over a year watching and observing, you really can learn a lot. Um, you almost become like a second coach and you see the game in a different point of view. Um, I think that really helped me just being able to, number one, watch and learn and see different things going on from the sideline. Um, but also, you know, I got a whole year to shoot on different goalies, see their tendencies, work on my outside shooting, my inside shooting. So I think just all around, um, it allowed me to mature and grow up and, you know, things also little things like, you know, we're going to have some tight games this year, like being able to go, you know, Oh, we're down two goals, but you know what, we're in this game and, you know, having that level mind. And I think having the ACL injury, you kind of put into perspective, like, when you get to play a lacrosse game and you're on two feet, it's a great day to play lacrosse. So, you know, always having that like positive mindset and trying to keep the team on track when things aren't going our way. Cause I know we do have a very tough schedule. And last year was a different kind of year for you. You've had in fact, three really distinct types of seasons in Maryland, your freshman year, you were, you worked your way into the rotation on a, on a good team. Then your sophomore year, you were a starter on one of the best teams in the history of lacrosse. Last year, you obviously had the injury on a team that struggled. Maybe those things are related, by the way. Now you're coming up to your fourth season. What are you expecting out of this fourth season, having all those three very distinct things in the past? What are you expecting? You know, when you look around college lacrosse, you see a lot of teams that have a lot of fifth years, older guys, a lot of transfers. Um I personally think, you know, we have an experienced team. We have a lot of guys that stepped up into new roles last year and played in spots that they've really never played before. I thought that was a great thing. And, you know, we have some older guys on our team. We have a good mix of younger guys too. But I think that, um, you know, it'll be good to, you know, an extra year under our belt and we'll be able to gel and connect. And this preseason has been awesome doing so. 
I was actually doing a little bit of math last night, which sometimes can be dangerous, right? But if I did my math right, the amount of scoring that Maryland lost from last year to this year is exactly replaced by the number of points you scored in 2022. So kind of theoretically, at least on the offensive end, right, the team is literally kind of coming back with all the scoring that they need. Now the experience, right? You know, Spanos gets a year older. Whittier gets a year older. You know, one of your Atlanta crew kind of running mates, you know, Ryan Syracuse, really, really caught a groove, right? He really seemed to to really figure out where his niche was. Such an explosive player, right? So you guys bring all this back plus the experience. But is that what excites you the most about this team? Is there something else about this team that you look at and you're just like, man, I'm, this team is really cool because of this? I think that I'm most looking forward to, you know, it's a brand new year. Um, last year is in the past, and we do have that chip on our shoulder, losing the first round of Army, which helps motivate us every day in practice. Um, but, you know, it's it's a cool mix of guys that, you know, some have experienced, like in my class, some long playoff runs, two championship appearances in their first two years, and some younger guys that, you know, didn't experience that but had some pivotal roles as young players on a young team last year um, and got some great experience. Um, so I think I'm just looking forward to a new 2024 year with, you know, bringing a lot of talent back and we're a hungry team and, you know, a lot of, a lot of flashy teams out there they're talking about and they're not really talking about us. And we love it that way. You know, like we'll fly under the radar and we'll play Maryland lacrosse and we'll do what we got to do. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll be ready to go. Eric, you were a basketball player growing up, we heard about, and you ended up deciding on lacrosse. Is it because you just felt like you had a, just a better future in lacrosse? Is it because you like the sport better or what? What was the decision there? Um, I think when I was younger and playing basketball definitely helped me grow as a lacrosse player. Um, you know, I played growing up. My dad would coach me. Um, it was awesome. I, I love basketball and still follow basketball, play when I get the chance. Um, been tough the last year. but Can you shoot three-pointers, by the way? <laughs> Not at all. I am. Oh, well, well you'd, never fit, mind. you'd fit right in. <laughs> never <laughs> mind. Continue, please. <laughs> no, no, no. So, you know, I, I played point guard um, when I was growing up, and I was a, I was a good passer, um, good facilitator, but I could not shoot the ball. But, you know, lacrosse and basketball have a lot of correlation to it that, you know, most people don't even realize that could be one of the most similar sports to lacrosse just because of positions and having to see the field. Um, so I think – I never really had a future with basketball. Like, I, I don't know if I could have played anywhere, but I think it definitely helped me grow as a lacrosse player. I don't know if you can see Larry's, you know, little tagline under his name, but, you know, he's making a statement here, you know. He's making, he's making a strong statement about, Listen, about his future people, Maryland fandom. People are going to hear this and see this, like, not the day we're recording it. We're recording it the day after the Maryland Northwestern game. So I'm a little bitter. A little better. My tagline yeah. says lacrosse is greater than basketball. Just so you know, there you go. Well, all right. You know, I think got to give got to give Coach uh, Willard a couple years. I think uh, we've had some we had some good wins in the last week or so. Um, but yeah. you know, it'll take a couple years with a new coach and new staff. But you know, we always seem to figure it out. So I'm looking forward to 
um, these years to come for sure for basketball. Yeah. So, Go ahead, so, Reels. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no. Sorry. I was just saying, like, so, you know, I, but I, I just had to make sure you saw that because I saw it when we got on and I busted <laughs> out laughing. Um, but uh, so back to that point guard mentality. And, and for people who, who get a chance to watch you play, um, you definitely see you see that background, right? Uh, you know, for, for people who haven't had a chance to, to watch Eric play, you know, Eric plays behind the goal a lot. So that tends to be a place where you can really kind of dissect a field and, and draw slides and dish. So that, that transferability is clearly evident watching you uh, play like us, or maybe that's what made you a better basketball player, right? You never know. <laughs> uh, I think basketball definitely helped with lacrosse for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the I, other I would way. have to say something. I'm going to ask your dad about why he was such a bad basketball coach. Go, What's going on? Can't, can't teach someone how to shoot if they just can't shoot. <laughs> you know, shout out to to Eric's parents, Greg, Greg, and Carla. They're they're awesome, awesome people. Uh, but I want to I want to stick on this um, point guard kind of mentality. And I'd asked you this before, and I think it's kind of fascinating. You know, for anyone um, you know listening and watching the podcast here. I was like, man, Eric, I can never tell. Are you right-handed or left-handed? I don't know if you remember that. I actually asked you. I was like, is your dominant hand your left hand? And you were like, what was your answer? So I started playing lacrosse righty, um, although I do kick a, kick a ball lefty. I shoot basketball lefty. I throw lefty. Um, I golf righty. I write righty. So <laughs> I am a true ambidextrous, which just happens to be great for – the sport that I chose to play and the position behind the goal, a lot of X is you got to have two hands. So it just happened to work out like that. You know, I had, I, I had, a, I had a baseball dad and I'm right-handed with most things. When I was young, he made me bat left-handed so that I would swing left-handed. So now very simple. When I play lacrosse, which I haven't in decades since I was very young growing up in Baltimore, I play that lefty hockey, lefty chopping an ax, le any kind of swinging. I do lefty as well. So I'm kind of similar with that. One thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, coach Tillman. We yeah. had him on last year when we did our preview show last year, we had a great time with him. I just wanted to ask from your perspective, uh, how do you feel about him as a coach and, and playing under him? You know, he's the easiest coach to play for, obviously biased, but right. he's such a player's coach. Um, you know, he's not a yeller. He he really lets us play offensively, you know, very free-flowing. And, you know, he'll, he'll get on us every once in a while, but he's such a great coach in the fact that he lets us play and lets us do our thing. Um, and a lot of constructive criticism. And, you know, guys take his feedback very well because, you know, he's just – he knows what he's doing and he's such a great guy and great coach. So um, it's been awesome playing under him the last four years. And, you know, when I wasn't playing last year because uh, of my knee, he was so great to me and I'm very grateful for him. Well, I want to, I want to, I want to fill in a little more detail on that. Cause I, I think you've had a, a real interesting kind of perspective. So you mentioned when you first joined on, you know, you're coming out of Atlanta, what most people consider a not traditional kind of lacrosse kind of hotbed. You know, you're like a consensus top five national recruit. So kind of two questions, right? Um, when you're a top five national recruit in any sport, what's that like, right? Like, what is it like being recruited at that level? So that's kind of the, the first part. Um, and the second part, what's it like being recruited by John Tillman? You know, I'll be honest, like coming out of high school, you know, it, it is it is cool 
seeing that your name is highly recruited. Um, that's honestly, but however, you know, once everyone gets to college and I kind of knew this, um, all along is that it doesn't matter what you were ranked. Like you got to earn a spot in college. Um, no one cares about rankings. Rankings go away once you get to college. So, you know, yes, it is cool for these high schoolers to see their name being ranked. And, you know, it's a, it's a nice milestone that from there you can continue to work from, but, you know, it really doesn't mean much um, in a sense that everybody is the same in college and you have to earn that spot. Um, and then your part two to your question being recruited by Tillman, is that right? Yeah. Is that, it was awesome being recruited by him. I mean, he, he, you know, it was a while ago, I was 14 years old because of the rule change, um, like eight years ago, which is crazy. But I mean, he, he was such a great guy. I was instantly attached to him and, um, the culture and the brand that he has built the last 15 years. And this university has been awesome for me. Um, you know, I committed here because of a couple of things. One coach Tillman was a huge factor, maybe the biggest Two, academically. It fit me very well. Um, big school close to DC, close to Bethesda, Baltimore, which is, I really like it's in a great, a good area. Um, and you know, the culture is just, I always heard of how great it was from guys like Mac Pons and, you know, when Rambo and Heacock would come down to the South and they would tell me, um, and it lived up to the hype, you know, all these guys are great guys, you know, they're my best friends for life and our locker room is tight. And, you know, it's just great that everything that I was told when I was being recruited here by coach Tillman, it was, and it's lived up to the hype. Who else did you, did you consider anyone else? So, Again, people listening or watching, you have a real strong connection with a, a, a former Syracuse player, right, who started your club team uh, down in Atlanta, down in the Atlanta area. Um, did you consider anyone else? Um, yeah, I mean, when I when I committed, it was before they changed the rule to being junior year, September 1st. So, you know, it was way different back then. Um, I didn't really have a favorite team. Um I took visits when I was, again, 14 that summer, July, um, to Maryland, UNC. Um, we went to Hopkins a little bit. Um, I, look, I was talking to Syracuse, some other schools, but I really, you know, I, when I made my decision, I never really looked back. I, it was been the greatest decision I've made. So, Yeah, Larry, isn't it crazy to think, though, of 14-year-olds taking – because that was when you could sign, you could you could verbally commit like as a, as like an eighth or ninth grader, right? So like, isn't that wild to think about? I mean, my I, I always uh oh, did we lose Eric? Oh, there he is. Yeah, there he is. He's coming back. Yeah, I always I always compare my son does musical theater, and he was ranked, if you will, coming out of high school, and he did the same thing at fourteen. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, we I were mean, going all over the place too. So it's really good that they changed that rule because looking back, I don't know how me as a 14 year old could make a decision on where I wanted to go to college when I hadn't even stepped foot in high school yet. So I'm definitely glad they made that choice and let these kids develop and go to high school. Yeah. One of, yeah. one of, one of Eric's teammates, a guy named Eric Spenis was a, uh, I believe he was the last um, like eighth grader essentially to commit to a program that they kind of honored before they changed the the rules and what he's a, what a red shirt sophomore now. Yeah. And what's funny is when he committed here, he was like six feet tall. And when he got here, he was six, four, six, five. So yeah. it just, now, it's crazy how 
things can change when you hadn't even hit puberty at the age of 14. So yeah. it's wild. Larry, Larry just said that uh, he lost power. And so he's like, I don't know what I'm going to, going to come back. What, what Larry normally does, he, he normally does, uh, he asks a couple questions, but I don't have his questions. He normally has like a, uh, like a little fill in the blank thing. Like one of them, I, if I remember what he asked, one of the questions he was going to ask you is like, what's your favorite animal? He was going to ask you like a series of, of those kinds of questions, but, um, but I don't do this. But one thing that he will do uh, is, is he'll, and he'll want me to do this so I can do it. Um, he's going to ask you to say, to give us a, oh geez, there you go. He's going to ask you to, uh, to do like the old bumper. So you can say, hi, this is Eric Molliver. And you're listening to IMS Sports. Okay. You want me to do that? Sure, do it. Okay. Wait, IMS Sports? Yep, IMS Sports. Hi, I'm Eric Molliver, and you're listening to IMS Sports. There you go, man. Well, look, um, he said I just have to end it now. Like, what am I going to do? Do you, should we? No, we're still we're still recording. We're good. <laughs> People get to listen to us, us do this later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, man, thank you. I want to thank you so much for, for taking time. I'm really excited. We, this is the first time we've done a preseason lacrosse preview um, at IMS here at Inside Maryland Sports. And it's always part of my thing. I'm always like, you know, the whole grow of the game. And like you were saying, I'm, lacrosse and basketball are such complementary sports. And Maryland has such a huge basketball fan base. So I'm always trying to get more basketball fans to, to start, um, to start, you know, watching more lacrosse games. So, um, this was the first time Larry said, Hey, do you want to do a, you want to do a, a, um, a, a lacrosse preview? And I was like, absolutely. So very happy and very thankful, um, that you came on and you spent some time with us and, um, can't wait. You guys have a scrimmage coming up this weekend against Duke. That should be fun, right? Yeah. Looking forward to it for sure. Except, uh, the temperature is not looking so great, huh? Yeah. I think we're trying to figure that all out, but uh, <laughs> some snow has changed our schedule a little bit for sure. And then the following weekend, you guys get uh, what a scrimmage against Georgetown, I think, right? Georgetown. And then down at Richmond to start it. Yep. Yep. It's coming up. Can't quick. wait, man. Can't wait. Looking forward to seeing you back out there, man. Um, looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, seeing you at, at, a, at the tailgate afterwards, man. Hell yeah. Well, thank you uh, so much for uh, having me on here and uh, look forward to see you soon. All right, man. Take care. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, I'm back. I don't know what happened. I was like, did I not pay my bill? But we're on auto pay. So what happened? I don't know. I lost power for about 10 minutes. And thankfully, we got through the bulk of the interview with Eric. I had a, I had a fill in the blank for him, which I was really excited about. One of them was if you were a FOGO, your winning percentage would yeah. be. I wanted to hear what he said for that. And you'll see, I, I was like, man, Larry has a whole bunch of fill in the blanks. And I'm like, but the only one I remember was him asking something about like, what kind of animals do you like or something? I said his favorite kind of pet was one. I had uh, what kind of the tr- worst trouble you got in when you were a kid. The greatest player in the history of lacrosse. Yeah. Eh, standard stuff. Anyway, whatever. We, um... We wrapped up, you know, not 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 too long after, and you know, you'll see on there, you know, they scrimmaged Duke this weekend. Um, you know, I know we're recording this now for for later, but they'll, they'll be playing Duke, and looks like they're going to move that one indoors. And unfortunately, when they move it indoors to uh, the Jones Jones Hill House, um, they don't let anyone in except for family. Oh. And so I was like, 
can you let me in? And they're like, we don't let media in. I'm like, man, when did I become media? You yeah, know? you're, you're media. <laughs> and so, um, so it looks like they're going to move that indoors because the high temp on Saturday down there is supposed to be 20 degrees. And it's yeah. a morning scrimmage and they're calling for snow. So, well, yeah. you know, who knows? Maybe they bump it to, to Sunday. But um, and then the following weekend, they scrimmage Georgetown. And, you know, so if you want to drop back into the schedule here, we can keep kind of going through. Because when you look yeah. at their when you look at their total schedule, the uh, twelve regular yeah. season games, they nine teams are ranked in the preseason. Um, U.S. Um, U.S. ILA. Now here's the Big Ten schedule. Let me just read that out for the people who aren't watching here, listening on the pod. They play at Michigan, then at Penn State. Home against Ohio State, home against Rutgers, and they finish at Johns Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, it's a schedule, you know. Uh, so if you count Loyola, Loyola's receiving votes in the preseason poll. You got 10 of the 12 teams on their schedule are preseason ranked or receiving votes, right? Top 25 type teams because they only do top 20 for the for the preseason right. poll. So you're, you're talking to 10 of the 12 teams – then you know Ohio State and Brown, those are your two unranked teams on your schedule, and they're they're decent programs. Yeah, I mean those are yeah. no those are those are not exactly easy games. Well, there's only like thirty teams in the cross, so so seventy five <laughs> or so. Come 75. on, hey, we'll get into this after this. Every year when we do this, well, this is our second year, but I've talked to you many times. About the growth of the game, I'm going to ask you that about uh, that at the end. Well, so they have, got, and, and for the audience, uh, I've got a little quiz, Larry. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that too. Okay, so tough preseason schedule. I'm showing that again: Richmond, Loyola, Syracuse, Princeton, Notre Dame, Brown, Virginia. Then they get the five Big Ten schools: Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Rutgers, John Hopkins. Three potential games in the Big Ten tournament, and then. Potentially four games in the NCAA's if if they don't get a bye and then they make the final weekend, or it could be three if they get the bye and make the final weekend, and hopefully they do get to the final weekend and they get those last couple games. It could be seven plus, could be nineteen games total. That'd be fun. Would be. I th- I hope we see it. What is your before we move on from this as the expert on Maryland lacrosse? What is your prediction for the team this season? I think this is absolutely a Final Four team, for sure. Okay. You know, I mentioned, you know, when we were talking to Eric, they lost 48 total points from last season. Eric comes back. He scored 48 points his sophomore season. So, theoretically, you're talking about a team that literally is returning. Losing, returns everything. Returning everything plus that year of experience. So, you know, the, the question marks on this team – one is going to be now who's the third defenseman. So they graduated Brett Makar. He was the you know All-American, multi-year All-American defenseman, first defenseman to wear number one. He graduates uh, playing in the PLL in the, in the Premier Lacrosse League. Now they lose him. So who who's the, going to be that third full-time defender? So we got a little bit of a preview. We kind of can guess a little bit about that. So you got Ajax Zapatella coming back at, 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 as your top defenseman. And he is probably the best defenseman. I don't even think probably. If you want to watch someone play 
defense and almost always have perfect footwork. He is phenomenal to watch how he approaches ball carriers, you know, how he runs with ball carriers. He does all the fundamental things. His his stick is always in the opposing attackman's gloves. That's something that attackmen hate. They hate having a stick always on their hands. And he is fast enough and athletic enough that he's really hard to just run by, but he also is so agile that if when you get guys changing directions, he's always he's always with them. Then you got a guy, uh, Colin Burles. He started last year. He's coming back, right? Uh, the Burles family is legendary at Maryland, kind of a multi-generational lacrosse family here at Maryland. So that third defenseman now is probably going to be a guy named Will Schaller, top 10 kind of national recruit, five-star recruit. He came in when Ajax broke his hand last year, broke his hand and missed the last, uh, all the playoffs, Big Ten and, and NCAA playoffs. It's probably going to be your third defenseman. Might get a guy named AJ, uh, AJ Larkin. He might step in. They brought in uh, a couple of transfers uh, through the portal, three guys from, from Vermont, a uh, close defenseman, a long stick midfielder, and a short stick defensive midfielder. So they bring those guys in to bolster depth. And then you got goal, Logan McNaney, most outstanding player of the 2022 NCAA tournament, uh, tears his ACL again, second game of the season against Loyola last year. He's back. Um, I don't know if he's going to start the season. They might do what they did last year or two years ago with, with a, a midfielder named Alex Smith. He could have come back the first week, but they waited until three, four games into the season before they brought him back full time. Wouldn't surprise me if they did that with, with, with Logan. Um, if he doesn't start out in goal, then you, you go to Brian Rupel who played the whole season as a f- true freshman last year, including that phenomenal three save se- sequence against against UVA down in Charlottesville. So they're going to be pretty good in goal. Um, they're going to be Who's the Fogo? Luke Weirman, he's back. Again? He's back, finishing. This will be his last season. By the time he leaves, he's probably going to break the last two records. He could break um, all-time ground balls and, and all-time face-off wins. He's probably going to break that ground ball record probably week one. Is a really high percentage. He's one of the best in the country, right? Uh, plus 60 all the time. and uh, But not only is he good at, at facing off, he's a threat to score. Triggers their transition. Who's on the rope unit? Well, this is – you love it. You see, you're learning. You learned from last year. This is where one of those those uh, transfers from Vermont's going to feature in. They're going to bring back – we know they're bringing back uh, to Eric Kohler and Nick Red. Uh, they're both coming back. Both, you know, Eric Kohler as a freshman, you know, was was one of the regular rotation guys. Nick Red was phenomenal last year. He's he's going to be phenomenal. There's rumors Dante Trader may come back. He may come back. Um, there's rumors. No one really knows. Apparently, he's taken a couple weeks. But if he doesn't, you know, now you're looking at a guy named Josh Kaufman who is coming off of two consecutive ACL tears. He would have been a starting short stick midfielder, uh, la, uh, the a national championship year and, and the year before easily, um, but two ACL tears. Tough to come back from that. It is, um, but you're talking about an experienced guy. If 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 his if he physically holds up, you basically have an all American caliber short stick defender already. So they have all Americans everywhere. They do, and then they're bringing in this guy uh, Sharky, uh, if I recall his last name correctly from UVM multi-year starter at short stick, but they've also got some young guys, uh, a guy named George Stamos 
came in last year. He's a redshirt freshman now this year. Played long stick defense in high school. He was uh, an all-conference uh, wide receiver athlete in, in Northern Virginia um, playing football. Phenomenal athlete. They put a short stick in his hand. So players like that might come up. A guy named Jordy Holmes got a lot of experience last year. A guy named Alex Wicks plays on the faceoff wings a lot. So they've got depth at short stick. I mean, this is a team. They've got depth pretty much. They can do it. They can. So what's your prediction? You said they're following. I I think they're championship bound. I think they're going to be playing. They're going to win it? They're going to win it? Go on record. Let's go. This is what I make Jeff do, and Jeff hates me, but go ahead. I'm making you do it. If past is prologue, right? Um, The last time Maryland was in a situation like this, chip on their shoulder, you know, getting bounced earlier than people thought. And Eric said something that's really interesting, and some of the national lacrosse media have also noted this. seems like Maryland's flying under the radar. For some reason, people are thinking, well, you know, you got these ACC schools, they're going to be legit. And no one's really talking about Maryland. I think they win it. I'll go on record. I, I, they're definitely making, making the Final Four. I, I think they've got the depth. Their offensive depth is unreal. And well, you've you get, already got you got more balls than Jeff. There you go. You, you, got, you actually made a prediction. I mean, look, you you got who do I think they're going to play? I think it's really hard to repeat. I don't think Notre Dame's going to repeat. Too hard to do that. But um, you know, I think Duke oftentimes they've got so much talent, but it seems in big games they shrink. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Maryland UVA rematch in the title game. Would not be surprised. You will be very happy to know that when we were speaking with Eric, he was talking about being ambidextrous and how good it was when you're playing X. And I was like, I know what that is. <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> Look, man, you are you are no longer. You I'm know, getting there. I'm you're getting no longer there. a lacrosse curious. You I'm, are. I'm throwing out Fogo. I'm throwing out Rope Unit. I'm throwing out X. I got all kinds of stuff. I'm Larry, doing... you go to one tailgate. Go to that UVA game, right? You're talking. That's at gonna... the end of the year. I... No, no, well, it's, the, no, no it's, it's their last. The it's their last. Yeah, yeah. Non-con. Last. Yeah. You're I'm probably going to be see cold. A, you're probably going to see a matchup of two top five teams. <clears throat> yeah, Brown. That's looking like it because March 16th, it's starting to warm up a little bit. Yep. I don't want to be out in like. 30 degrees or 40 yeah. degrees. Like. But if we go to the Big Ten, so you know, uh, they're opening. They have Ohio State and Rutgers April 6th and 13th. Yeah. Those might be good too. Yeah. Rutgers is always a, an interesting well, team. Also depends on, I'm going to be visiting my son three times this semester, <laughs> so have to figure that out too. Okay. Come to any of them. Come I'm going to come to the games. I'll the, figure out one that I can get to. The families are going to welcome you. They're going to. Yeah. Because they're going to watch. They're going to watch and listen to this. They're going to know yeah. you. They're going to see you and they're going to be like, Larry, get over here. Yeah. <laughs> you might be doing another keg stand, Larry. Yeah. I, you know, people say stuff and they're like, do this. And I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever. It just happened on the message board. Hoagie, Hoagie said, I don't even remember what thread it was some kind of ridiculous prediction and hoagie said but if they do it will you do the dance from i don't remember the show some show oh it was the uh it was the um wasn't it the wasn't it the uh the carlton from fresh prince no it wasn't that it was a dance from some show starts with the s and i was like i'm not even sure that is but yeah i'll I'll do it 
whatever. Well, all final right. four, final four this year is in Philadelphia. It's at the link. That's so not too far. When is no. that? Wait, look and see the dates right Memorial, now. Memorial Day weekend. May 25th, 27th. Again, it depends on what I've got going on, but if they're there and and I'm free, which is the bigger if. <laughs> okay. We are going to end the show with one of the segments, but this time you're going to run it like you did last year. I don't know what, what do you got trivia or what is it? I got I got trivia. Okay, all right. Five questions. Five questions. Maybe okay. a ba- maybe a backup. Okay. Well, we'll see how I do, but mostly this is for the viewers. <laughs> did you, so, you got to put that in air quote for the viewers? Yeah, <laughs> viewers and listeners. We'll see if I, you know, if I can get. We're doing lacrosse trivia here. Here we go. All right, let's I, I go. Think let's you, I think you actually might get some of these. Okay. All right, All right let's go. So I'm doing full on trivia, right? All right. Okay. Uh, I won't I, look at my history here. That number I, one. Yeah. First question: Joe Sai, who's a Yale alum and former lacrosse player, played four years at, at Yale, mm-hmm. co-founded which Chinese company that is often thought of as Chinese as China's Amazon? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that was a pregnant pause right there, Larry. I don't know. I was trying to think. This is like not even really lacrosse related, except that he, he played, played lacrosse. lacrosse. He but also co-owns. He co-owns a. Uh, he owns actually uh, a oh, national lacrosse league. If it's China, then it's got to be TikTok. Alibaba. Okay. He was co-founder of Alibaba. I don't even know what that is. So there you go. Well, it's essentially China's Amazon. Uh, he, owns right. the, he owns the Brooklyn Nets. And he owns the New York Liberty uh, and the WNBA. And, more, and more things that I don't know about. <laughs> well, you know the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn I know, Nets. I know of them. Yeah. I know of the Liberty. I couldn't name a single. Wasn't Kevin Kevin Durant was on the Nets and now he's not? Yeah, I don't even know where he is at this point. He moves around Chase. I think he's in Phoenix. I don't All right. either. Right, number, number two. Oh, for one. Number two. That, that doesn't, I, I need the backup because that's not a lacrosse question. But it kind of is. Not really. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's go. All right. Two. Which two recent Tawaratan winners have yet to play professional lacrosse because they have been playing other professional sports? Can you oh. name the two? Well, Jared Bernhardt. There you go. There's one. Because he played football. Played in the NFL. Although now he, he retired. And he's actually uh, back on staff. He's on the sidelines hey, now in College Park. I got one. I'm really proud of that. I'm trying good. to think. I'll give you a hint. Um, after he won the Tauraton, played basketball for a year at Northwestern, um, hopped on in the, the Golden State um, franchise, been up and down to their NBA uh, G League. Brother plays at UConn, I believe now. I don't know. Pat Spencer. Okay. Out of well, look, one out of two. I got a half. You're your point five out of two. Point five out of two. All right, I think Twenty-five percent is not bad for me. All right. <laughs> I think you're going to get this one though. All right. Okay. Which NFL Hall of Famer and member of the NFL's 100th anniversary team is also considered one of the greatest college lacrosse players? Jim Brown. There you go, my man. One and a half out of three. Let's go. You're rolling. Look, you're at 50%. Look at you. Let's go. 
right. This one, this one, you got to be in the weeds on this one, man. I, if you get either of these, I'm going to be like so impressed. All right. All right. Two power five conference football players this past season that just completed, right? One of whom actually played on one of the college football playoff teams were one time Maryland lacrosse commitments. You don't have to name the players, but name the two schools that they represented. Well, I got a 25% chance at the playoff team. Yeah, I give you that. I threw that one in there for you. I'm going to guess. Um, well, I was trying to th- I was trying to think of like location because lacrosse players are all northeastern, but none of the I'll say Bro- Michigan because that's the closest. I'll say Michigan. Oh, cl- uh, close. All right. Uh, well, that's one, and that's other, one. Yeah. My other guess is uh, uh, North Carolina. All right. Uh, a guy named Ethan Burke, starting defensive end at the University of Texas. <laughs> Was a Maryland lacrosse recruit, and that was I was between Michigan and Texas. And if you had watched any of those it, that playoff game, he was a terror. And God, you think about this guy playing midfield in college. He's a defensive end, <laughs> like a pass rushing defensive end now. Yeah, uh, at Texas. Second one, a guy named Bryson Shaw was actually you know a, a you know consensus top five lacrosse recruit. Started out his football career. He verbaled to Maryland to play lacrosse. Started out at Ohio State and then transferred to USC. So he was there starting, uh, I think he was a strong safety this past year at USC. I would have actually maybe given you credit for Dante Trader. How do, how do you count Dante Trader? Well, I well the way you phrased it, that was the first thing that came into my head. But the way you phrased the question made me think you were talking about two other people. So I, 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 I might have given that. you credit for that. Uh, I mean, just, I knew that. I just, the way you phrased it, yeah. it, it was not... Anyway. I would have given you credit for it, man. All right. Well, interesting. Uh, so uh, Henry Hasselbeck. Um, related I can't remember, to, I can't remember uh, if, if which Hasselbeck is his father. One of the football quarterbacks? Yeah. He verbally committed to play lacrosse at Maryland uh, and then committed to Michigan State to play quarterback in football. Apparently just um, decommitted from Michigan State. So he's looking with their coaching change. He's looking. But that would have been another one. There's probably more. Uh, Coach Tillman's known for recruiting really good athletes um, and then translating that. Well, it would have been good if Elizabeth Hasselback came to the games because she's pretty. Yeah. Elizabeth Filarski right. from, <laughs> from Survivor. Survivor fame. Come on, man. Survivor, I watched season, that season. Survivor, Survivor season two? Yep. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's, I don't even know if she's on TV anymore. No, she was on The View for a long One time. One of those. I I don't know what The View or the and whatever. Then, uh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen her in a while. Okay. What, Question number a, five. Okay. You got a 50-50 chance at this one. Okay. Right? True or false? Lacrosse has been played as a sanctioned Olympic sport. Has been played as a sanctioned Olympic sport. For some reason, I feel like it's true, but then got removed so i'm saying true you are correct it was st- it was and then got taken away yeah, 19 1904 1908 in the summer olympics and then switched to exhibition i think they had three olympics after kind of world war ii and after where it was an exhibition sport 
uh, but it will make a return in a new format. They call it sixes. It's six on six, uh, making a return in the 2028 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. Nice. So two and a half out of five. I want you want a bonus? Up. Do you want yeah, a bonus want, question? Want, yeah, I do. I want the bonus. Bonus question. Yep. I think you're going to get this one. Okay. Name the country that has officially named lacrosse as one of its national sports. Plural. One of its national sports. Which Which country? Well, it can only be Australia. Oh. Canada. Canada. Damn it. It was it was only one of those two. So hockey is their official winter sport. Lacrosse is their official summer sport. I'm okay. gonna give you credit for that though. I'm giving I you credit. I said it second. It's like a, if I get credit to half, which will put me at three out of six, I'll take that. There you go. Fifty percent, man. Growth. Fifty percent. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gonna ask me like what years did Maryland win their national titles? And I would have been like 1973, 1975, 2022, and 2018? 18. No, 17. 17? Yeah. Was I right? That was pretty close. Oh, yeah. I looked at the list briefly. Let me, let me go double check on that. Well, you know, because pre the NCAA didn't recognize lacrosse as a sport until, what, 73. I know. 22 and 17. And then they won 73 and 75. I just looked before the show, so it's not like I <laughs> – but I got three of those four, and one of them was only a year off. They – unfortunately, they won a bunch of the titles before yeah. 73, or they'd be listed amongst the leaders in all-time championships. They won like eight of them. Yeah. But, you know, Hopkins claims all of theirs as well from back then. So, you know, and and in, in college basketball, some people do that, too, because there was a committee that went back and retroactively awarded national championships pre-tournament. Well, you can't do that because the teams have to know what the rules are of the season to get the championship. You can't yeah. you can't retroactively do it. Just, yeah. you know. So anyway, I think North Carolina boasts an extra title from that or something like that. Interesting. Like, yeah. Well, and, you know, it's like and Alabama and football. You know, when when you had when you had coaches poll, AP yeah. poll, and well, football is different than the other sports because they didn't have a championship until what 50, 10, 12 years ago, twelve ish. Yeah. No. Whatever the, whatever no. The BCS. So, well, the official championship is what only four years old, five years old. Yeah, but then they had the BCS before that. Like, do you yeah. count that as a national championship? Mm. Yeah, no the 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 four team playoffs more than four years old. It Isn't can't it? be much. Can't be much more than four or five. I'm not going to look it up. Yeah, somebody can. If somebody <laughs> watches back, you can crush me on it. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> all right, there we go. We're going to figure out how to splice these two videos together and make it look like one cohesive thing. And um, when you guys are watching this, it'll be the week leading up to the season. So we're very excited about that. This is when we could get Eric to come on and do the interview with us. So very excited about that. I am going to come to a tailgate, at least one. I'm probably going to love it so much. I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to try. I'm looking at the schedule. I'm going to, I'm going to try and do that. And hopefully, look, whoever else come join me. We'll have a big absolutely. We'll have a big. We have to make sure you're going to be there. Do you go to all the games? 
I do. This year I might miss one. I've got some travel for my my job, unfortunately. So yeah. Um, one of them I got lucky. It's an away game, so I don't have to worry about that. But I might be missing one of their home games. All right, cool. Well, awesome job as always, Wheels. And looking forward to the season and a rebound from last year's very painful season. Very down season for Maryland. And let's let's hope you're right. There's another title coming. I think so. All right. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you guys next time. This is IMS Radio.